No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Job continues his second reply to his friend Eliphaz. Why don't the godly see God's judgments against evil? It's a great lesson on how to process injustice in this life. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 24 on Simply the Bible. The wicked fall away swiftly. They are here today and gone tomorrow. Or so says the friends of Job. That's their explanation for why they are blessed while Job is suffering. His prosperity is dried up and his days are ending. Therefore, Job must be wicked. But do the wicked really perish so swiftly? Do they get what's coming to them in this life? Job considers the perspective of the godly who must endure the trial of ungodly people all around them. How hard is it to watch the wicked people when you are their victims? Job continues his reply to his friend Eliphaz. We continue in Job chapter 24. Since times are not hidden from the Almighty, why do those who know him see not his days? Nothing is hidden from the eyes of God. He sees all the wicked deeds that wicked people do. So why is it then that the godly people don't see God's judgment against them? Why does it take so long for God to act against injustice? Some remove landmarks. They seize flocks violently and feed on them. They drive away the donkey of the fatherless. They take the widow's ox as a pledge. They push the needy off the road. All the poor of the land are forced to hide. So Job looks at the poor people that live in the country and how they are treated or really mistreated by the wealthy. They remove their landmarks to change the boundaries to steal their land. They seize the flocks and eat them themselves. They drive away the donkey of the orphan and take the ox from the widow. These animals that are necessary for the livelihood of the orphan and widow. The wicked shove the needy off the road carelessly so that the poor then are forced into hiding. Indeed, like wild donkeys in the desert, they go out to their work searching for food. The wilderness yields food for them and for their children. They gather their fodder in the field and glean in the vineyard of the wicked. So because they are driven from the land, the poor must search for food in various places, gathering it wherever they can from the wilderness or gleaning from the field of the wealthy farm owner. Now, speaking of searching for food, I'm amazed at how quickly over the last few months things have changed with the coronavirus pandemic. And you see on the evening news where there are long lines of people waiting for food distribution. We hear now of the scarcity of meat and the, the increasing prices because meat processing plants have closed. People are forced to gather food in places where they've never been before. Now, it's not because of some unscrupulous wealthy person, but because of a microscopic virus. But it shows how miserable life can be when you have no guarantee of food and must search for it diligently 
wherever you can. They spend the night naked without clothing and have no covering in the cold. They are wet with the showers of the mountains and huddle around the rock for want of shelter. Imagine spending the night outside homeless, naked, and with no blankets. And so the falling rain soaks you because you have no shelter. You shiver in the cold and there's no one who cares. It's difficult to imagine things getting any worse than that. Some snatch the fatherless from the breast and take a pledge from the poor. Okay, so just when you thought it couldn't get worse, there are the wicked people that take the fatherless child from the breast of his or her nursing mom. It would seem that the infant is a pledge or collateral against the loan that they made to the mother. Now, we've heard of people repossessing a car if you default on a car loan, but taking your child? And yet, that is what Job said that the wicked would do. He had evidently heard of such deplorable abuses of power. They cause the poor to go naked without clothing, and they take away the sheaves from the hungry. They press out oil within their walls and tread wine presses, yet suffer thirst. The dying groan in the city, and the souls of the wounded cry out, yet God does not charge them with wrong. Even the hungry, who only have a few sheaves of grain, the wicked steal what little they have. And so they go to work in the olive orchard or the vineyard of the wealthy, and they work hard and yet still go hungry and thirsty because they aren't permitted to eat any of that which they grow. These destitute people cry out to God for deliverance and justice, even with their dying breath, but... God does not charge their oppressors with wrong, and it seems that God is doing nothing to save them. Now, Job makes this point because his friends have been saying that the wicked always get what's coming to them, but Job has said that we don't necessarily see that in this life. The wicked seem to thrive. Those who are their victims long to see them punished, but it doesn't happen. So clearly, the logic of Job's three friends is seriously flawed. There are those who rebel against the light. They do not know its ways nor abide in its paths. Next, Job looks at those who live for the night. They rebel against the light because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. They are children of darkness. They don't want to follow the ways of light or abide in the light. They have no desire for it. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians about those who walk in darkness versus those who walk in the light. 1 Thessalonians 5.5 5 says, You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Now we must choose to renounce the hidden deeds of darkness and walk in the light, just as Jesus is in the light. Being a person of the light means that you live in such a way that you are unashamed to be exposed. You don't have anything to hide. The things you do in darkness are the things you do in the light and vice versa. But it is not this way with the wicked. The murderer rises with the light. 
He kills the poor and needy. And in the night, he is like a thief. The eye of the adulterer waits for the twilight, saying, No eye will see me. And he disguises his face. In the dark, they break into houses which they marked for themselves in the daytime. They do not know the light. For the morning is the same to them as the shadow of death. If someone recognizes them, they are in the terrors of the shadow of death. You see, they do all of their wicked works at night so that the morning to them is like the sound of a police siren. They fear that the morning will bring with it the shadow of death for they could be exposed and punished. So the wicked are full of such terrors. But The righteous are bold as lions. They should be swift on the face of the waters. Their portion should be cursed in the earth so that no one would turn into the way of their vineyards. As drought and heat consume the snow waters, so the grave consumes those who have sinned. The womb should forget him. The worm should feed sweetly on him. He should be remembered no more, and wickedness should be broken like a tree. For he preys on the barren who do not bear and does no good for the widow. Okay, so it seems like Job is feeding their rhetoric back to them. You know, he's saying, look, this is really what you guys are saying, uh, that the lives of the wicked will be cut short and their portion cursed so that no one will follow their evil ways, that the grave will consume them just like the heat consumes the snow. They'll be forgotten. The worm will consume them, and they'll get what's coming to them because they prey on the poor, the orphans, and the widows. But is that really what we see happening? You see, this is the point Job's friends have made, but it doesn't square up with reality. Job says that there are many poor orphans and widows who have never seen the wicked punished. They long for the day. They cry out for it, but it doesn't happen. So they go on being persecuted while the wicked prosper. Verse 22, But God draws the mighty away with his power. He rises up, but no man is sure of life. He gives them security and they rely on it, yet his eyes are on their ways. They are exalted for a little while, then they are gone. They are brought low, then they are taken out of the way like all the others. They dry out like the heads of grain. Now, if it is not so, who will prove me a liar and make my speech worth nothing? So Job says, look, they are going to ultimately get what's coming to them. He agrees that in the end, God will judge the wicked. And yet it's not seen necessarily so quickly as his friends have been saying, you know, but there will be that time when God does rise up to defeat the wicked. We read about the day in Revelation 19 when Jesus returns to tread the winepress of the wrath of God against the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who refuse to repent of their sins and trust in God. God will rise up against them at some point, even though they dwell in security now and have learn to rely on that security. God is watching them every day and in every way. The wicked may prosper now and be exalted, but in the end, they will be judged. Like dried out heads of grain, they will one day wither and die. The difference between Job's three friends and Job is that Job's friends think that God judges the wicked in this life, whereas Job says, that's not what we see. 
Rather, we see the wicked thriving until God finally ends their lives. The point is crucial for Job because it shows that there is a certain injustice in this life. Bad things don't always happen to bad people, and good things don't always happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people. Job is a good person who is suffering bad things. Now, we share the problem that Job describes when we see the wicked prosper. Sometimes they prosper by taking advantage of us. Other times, their wickedness has nothing to do with us. But either way, we suffer the problem of watching injustice. How do we respond when it seems that the wicked are prospering and God is doing nothing to stop it? Well, first, we trust in God. He is sovereign. He's the lawgiver and judge. He's in control. He sees what we cannot see. He is slow to anger, but he will ultimately bring judgment. Secondly, we must learn to wait patiently and obediently. Just because the wicked are prospering does not mean that we are free to rebel against the authority that God has placed us under. The Hebrews waited in Egypt for 400 years in slavery, much of that time. Had God forgotten about them? No, but he waited for the right time to raise up Moses who would deliver the people. You know, it's not easy to wait on God, but those who wait upon him in faith will not be ashamed and we will mount up with wings like eagles. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not become faint. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we'll see where Bildad speaks a third time. Job interrupts him, saying to his friends, What good have you done? With this long speech of Job, his three friends say no more. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible